remember trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's Hello again everybody and welcome back to Random Discard I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And uh, no, actually Rich is not joining me as always I'm afraid real life has taken its toll And Rich could not be with us tonight but never fear, we have sent out the flavor signal, and we have joining us, as always for flavor, Mr. C.J. Schrader from the always excellent, uh, the sometime, usually, <laughs> from JudgeCast. We totally hey. have C.J. from JudgeCast. Hey, man, some of those were, I am, actually, no, most of them are pretty. I am possessed by the geist of St. Rich. <laughs> I have no idea what abilities that would grant, but... Uh, it seems like bitterness. I think bitterness, perhaps <laughs> anger. Yeah. I, I sense anger, Captain. Which and I have plenty of myself, so... We also have Mike from the Manipool. Mike, how are you tonight? Doing great. Doing just great. Wonderful. Wonderful. So it's good to have you gentlemen here. We, uh, we've, got some, we've got some things to discuss. We're... We're, we're going to dig back. So, listeners, you may recall, once upon a time, we did a Flavorcast episode for Innistrad. And if you didn't hear it, I don't recommend finding it. It was not our finest hour. So we're just going to mostly pretend that didn't happen, and we're going to try and revisit Innistrad in light of recent events. As we have was just... I there for that other one? I can't remember. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. I just remember it not. It was kind of a train wreck. It went off the rails pretty quick and never really recovered. It was it was bad. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about deleting it from the archives. Like, like the Lorwyn one or worse? Uh, well, I mean, the Lorwyn one, nobody knew what was going on. It was Lorwyn. Well, yeah. Once again, I maintain that you guys did the best you could with the Lorwyn one. Yeah. I, I really don't. You know, you you can give the worst script to the best actor in the world, and it's still going to be a bad movie, right? Right. Like, uh, I was going to make an X Men Apocalypse joke, but I decided against it since I haven't actually seen the film. I've just heard it was a train wreck, even though basically any Nicolas Cage movie, oh, where he he is, he can be a legitimate good actor. It's he just, just doesn't because it makes more money. I guess, yeah. Huh. Well, maybe we should do a Nicolas Cage episode. Uh please let me on. I've uh, seen every movie. All right. Hey, listeners, if you think we should do a Nicolas Cage episode, uh, let us know. Tweet to us. We are uh, at Random Discard on the Twitters. Let us know. I, I like to get tweets. So, And one of these days, I will replace our Twitter avatar with a new logo just as soon as I can figure out what the hell the new logo is. Because it's a lot harder than you think it is to come up with a logo for randomness and maybe discarding. What what do you do for that? I, I just don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're going to talk about Innistrad, and we're going to go back to the beginning, and we're going to kind of talk through the major storylines and plot threads coming forward to everything that has uh, culminated here in Shadows Over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon. Which, by the way, the name Eldritch Moon, I hated when I first heard it, but it's grown on me. It's okay. I kind of yeah, like it, um, particularly for a reason we'll get to later. Okay. I mean, everyone knows Emrakul's in the set, but... Wait, <laughs> what? What? Spoilers! <laughs> Emrakul, well, something Emrakul's else. signed of, kind of in the set, we go. So, let's let's go back. Let's fire up the Wayback Machine and go all the way back to the beginning. And let's talk about Innistrad as a plane in general. So, Innistrad, as everyone knows, as you all know, uh, Innistrad is, uh, you know, the eldritch horror 
uh, campaign now, but it used to just be all horror tropes. So it was kind of your vampires and your werewolves and your zombies and your demons and your ghosts. Every every kind of Hollywood cliche you could think of for horror, that's what they put in there. And it was, if I'm not mistaken, the first set that was designed like top-down with flavor in mind, rather than yeah. stapling flavor to yes. a set. Yep. And okay. I there were other there were other sets that were designed top down with some I was say, uh, theme or like a mechanical idea yeah. in mind or a specific setting in mind, but no. Just okay. the idea of horror as the as what you're starting with, that Innistrad was the first to do that. And I think they did a great job. I mean it, it oh, yeah. to this day, that block remains one of my favorites. Yeah, Innistrad was great. But then again it was, you know, followed up by uh, a bunch of crap. The Phyrexians were involved. Oh, That's, let's not get into that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that one day the Eldrazi will meet the Phyrexians and then something, something, uh, Nicol Bolas, something. <laughs> yeah. That's basically how that'll go down. Yeah, it's, it's, we'll find out that Nicol Bolas is what happens when the Eldrazi and the Phyrexians come together and he was sent back in time. To <laughs> do something. Look, if that happens. I want my major props for that happening. Uh, anyway, so uh, it was it was a lot more gothic horror in its its setting. So it was mostly kind of European tropes. So your kind of old world vampires and uh, you know your werewolves and your things that go bump in the night, uh, those sorts of things. And uh, the idea when we first visited Innistrad was that uh, Innistrad was a plane that had a protector who had gone missing. It was Avison was the protector. We didn't find out right away, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. We didn't find out right away uh, what the whole deal was with Avison, but uh, she had vanished, and uh, the evil forces were starting to amass, and uh, the humans were slipping, they were barely hanging on, and we had to turn the tide. And this was, of course, back for, for you youngins. Back in the day, we had three sets in a block, and it usually what? went uh, set set that's related to the previous set, third set that pretty much has nothing to do mechanically with either of the other two sets, because why would we do that? Screw you. Uh, see, <laughs> see also Rise of the Eldrazi, uh, although that was a good set. I'm not, I'm not knocking Rise. Don't, don't give me hate mail on that. But uh, So uh, things that are going to be really important to this, uh, I think the most important thing will be vampires. Because they're going to kind of be, uh, there's a key figure who will be important. So we should mention that the vampires on Innistrad are not your typical undead creature vampires. Are we going to be talking about Krovax? Uh, sure. Would, would you like to talk about Krovax? He's a vampire. Well, go ahead. Talk about Krovax. He's, he's a key figure. Well, he's not really related right now. I'm just, I'm just trying to guess. You said we're going to be talking about one key figure that's a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it's Krovax. Yeah, it's... it's... Oh. <laughs> hey, he had an angel. Uh, he, really? Yeah, yeah, he had an angel. Uh, what's her name? Selenia. Uh, Selenia. Huh. Dark angel. She goes crazy. Wait, wait. Yeah, weird, hold, huh? Yeah, hold on, hold on. I need you <laughs> I need you to tell me more, because apparently I don't know enough about Krovax. Actually, now that I think that. about it, Selenia is a very, like, moon-centric name, too. This, mm. this is getting weird. <laughs> we talked about this when we did the Weatherlight episode. We did do the Weatherlight episode, didn't we? Did we? thought so i know we kept talking about doing a weatherlight episode i'm not sure that we ever actually did one though did we i mean i'm sure it came up when we were talking about urza yeah but i'm not uh, sure that we ever went deep on on the weather likes actual okay well we need to then um yeah that's uh 
Krovax, Selenia was like bound to Krovax somehow. And yeah, Selenia protected Krovax's family. He was yeah. a he was a nobleman from Urborg. Yep. And Selenia was bound to his family, but somehow Volrath kidnapped her and took her to Wrath, and she went nuts. Yep. And then when Krovax killed her, that's when he yep. got the vampire curse. Huh. Yep. So huh. vampire crazy angel had to kill. Huh. Boy, that's never heard of that before. That's pretty unique. Will uh, one of my favorites <laughs> as a kid. See if that comes back to haunt us. No, haunt is from a different plane. Uh but no, um I was I was thinking specifically of Soren Markov. How he oh. might he might be uh, but... like Soren Fartkov. <laughs> yeah, Rich I isn't can, here, so we I can say that without Richie. That's right. And I'm not sure that Rich ever actually listens to any of the episodes, so we can probably get away with saying whatever we Oh good. So, <laughs> uh, that's for the best. But no, uh the vampires on Innistrad, you know, they're not uh they're not truly undead, they're just cursed with the bloodthirst, but it does make them effectively immortal. Uh, they they do have some susceptibilities, you know, like you would typically think, uh, you know, holy magic hurts them, silver hurts them, uh, living wood hurts them, mm-hmm. uh, but they do have to feed on people or they will die, sort of. It's not like they die immediately, it's like if they go too long, they start to wither in power and... I, I think they crumble if they don't have human blood at once every like thirty days or something. I think I yeah, it's just really unpleasant for everyone involved. Yeah, it really is. And so the the, the vampires need humans there, and that will become important uh, a little bit later on. Uh, do you do you want to talk about uh, scabs and uh, stitchers and uh, the werewolves? I mean, is that really important to the storyline? Not to the main story. Not really. Yeah. Zombies are sort of important. Yeah. The zombies in Estrad. Um, uh, basically, you have, there's two types of zombies on Estrad. There's the ghouls, which are your standard um, voodoo zombie walking corpse type things. And then there's the scabs, which are like uh, science, magic, Frankenstein's monster zombies. Yeah. Patched together from various pieces that uh, that the scabbering go and dig up out of graveyards and whatnot. And given life through science. <laughs> and magic and and magic maybe some lightning magic. probably okay so those are the the kinds of backgroundy stuff you need to know and so now let's let's go to soren himself and maybe even maybe even where vampirism comes from so cj you want to tell us where vampires on innistrad come from sure it all comes from soren's uncle which where are his parents during this that's a good um, question yeah so there was a famine in uh, what would later be called Stinzia. And so to survive, did we mention there's demons on Innistrad? There's demons on Innistrad, and oh, they yeah, can't be killed. They are, they are kind of important. Yeah. yeah, they can't be killed, and asterisk. they always reform. Yeah, there's, I'm going to put the asterisk there because yeah. stuff. We'll see. All right, but Edgar made a deal with some demons. And uh, using these demons and through some experiments, he was able to become one of the first vampires on Innistrad. So that became the first vampire line with Edgar Markov. Um Edgar then made Soren into a vampire, which caused his Planeswalker spark to ignite. Now, if I could pause you right there, I, I really you feel can. that this sounds like uh, a terrible idea on Edgar's part. Because, okay, so there's a famine, right? And so so people can't survive because there's no food. Mm. So what if well, I turn into a vampire and eat people? But wait, the people can't survive because there's no food. Maybe he didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, it was with a demon. Yeah, I suppose. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe that's like 
demon's joke, right? Like, haha, you can eat people, but they're all going to die anyway. Yeah, I, I never yeah, he was making a bargain for eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? It would have been cool if we'd ever seen that demon again, you know? I mean, yeah. he must still be out there. That would have been cool. One would think. Like, why doesn't he run the Markov house? But anyway. Yeah, do we actually know Maybe. who that demon was? No, we don't. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. We're we're going to call him Steve. Steve the demon. Oh, yeah, Steve, Steve the demon. Yep. Um, and the other thing to mention here is all of this plot takes place uh, like 1,200 years before Urza, so like, I don't know, 6,000 years before the mending, something like that. So then, other so. than Nicol Bolas, is Soren the oldest planeswalker we're aware of who's still around? Uh, Ugin is almost certainly older. Okay, so uh, U- Ugin, Nicol Bolas, and Soren. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but, I mean, okay, yeah. Like, relatively speaking, uh, Nahiri is not much younger. <laughs> She's only yeah. a thousand years young, whatever. Yeah, but so, still. Yeah. What's a thousand years? Yeah, so. Okay, so Soren, Soren becomes a vampire... And that triggers his spark. Now he's a planeswalker vampire. And mm-hmm. he's going to go and have Soren adventures that we mostly never hear about. Yeah, we have no idea. Which is kind of sad. Because I'd really like to know what his early experience was like when he was a, a, a younger vam- younger vampire. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably just planeswalking and eating people, to be 100% <laughs> honest. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think if you're a brand new vampire, it's going to take you like, what? Well, Olivia Voldaren never gets tired of it. I was going to say, it's going to take you like a few hundred years to get tired of that, but it doesn't seem like Olivia ever did, so. Uh, and by the way, folks, we are going to be presenting things out of storyline order, but in correct chronological order, because we think that makes the most sense. Because some of this You stuff... mean, by storyline, you mean when the stories were released? Yeah, exactly. Like when, when okay. the stories oh. were released. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, we, <laughs> we, we learned about... Look, it's really weird. We learned about some of this stuff like just recently... Like, mm-hmm. in the last set or so, even though Innistrad the Block was, like, what, three years ago? Five years ago. Five? Good God. I don't know. I might have made that number up. No, no, I think, <laughs> it, I think it is five years. Yeah. Uh, JudgeCast never did an episode on it. That's what always shocks me. So, it was really? before my time on JudgeCast. That's how old it is. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah, so just to move forward a little bit. Uh. So, yeah, like Aaron said... Clues. Who? I, Who? I can't call you Aaron. Yeah, no, you can't weird. do that. That's. Weird. I, I started doing. I was just like, it's not going to happen. Yeah, okay. Um. So, <laughs> like Clues said, uh, Soren travels around the multiverse having adventures we can't even imagine, and it takes about a thousand years before somewhere, somehow, he stumbles across a new planeswalker named Nahiri. Right. And he takes her under his wing, which seems kind of uncharacteristic for Soren today. It really does. Although. So I. So N- Nahiri was from Zendikar originally. And she yep. was a member of the race that would become known as the Core. I I don't know that they were actually known as the Core at the time, but that Probably. does make her kind of pale-skinned and a little bit goth, so maybe Soren thought, hey, she looks kind of like a vampire, this will work out great. She's <laughs> she's the daughter-slash-girlfriend I never had. I've I've never been clear exactly what that relationship was like, but he does. Right. He does take her on as a, as a protege, I suppose. Yeah. So, some point, it might have been before, it might have been after, but at some point he also meets Ugin. Right. And and they all learn about the Eldrazi. Uh, and they're like, hey, these Eldrazis are going to destroy the whole world, or multiverse. Yeah, we're kind of worried about that, huh? And, yeah. I assume everything, muck the place up. So, yeah. the, uh, the Triumvirate develop this incredible plan 
we can't destroy them because remember Ugin, and I want to stress this because Ugin totally told Jace, for the love of God and all that's holy, do not destroy these things. That will have ramifications that you will not like. What we yeah, need to do is not, trap them. Yeah, because they're did not. Did he say that or did he say ramifications that none of us would understand? <laughs> yes, that one. Yeah, it was Because from Ugin's point of view, they're not creatures. Like, they're not just big creatures. They're kind of forces of nature. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they are just something that exists, not just something that kind of got born. So he doesn't know what it would mean to the multiverse to destroy them. Yeah. Yeah. Minutes after killing Olamog and Kozilek, Ogan yeah. shows up and lands and basically, like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> what in God's name did you just do? You little arrogant bastard. I mean, I think he said that. That's what I heard. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he said that. Yeah. So yeah, so they decide to trap to trap the Eldrazi, and uh, Nahiri draws the short straw, and they decide to trap him on Zendikar. There's more to that. I think Zendikar, like being a very mana rich plane, they're able, they're very easily able to lure them to Zendikar. Um, so it's not just like, well, because otherwise, why wouldn't they just choose any random plane in all of existence? Like, there's probably an unpopulated one, right? Yeah, probably. But, yeah, so yeah. There, there's a reason to choose Zendikar, and so they did. Um, and, you know, it uses Nahiri's uh, hedrons and all that. I, I think everyone's familiar with that plot. Um, but Nahiri stays behind um, and just kind of goes to sleep for a long time and is ready to send a signal if the El- if uh, the prison that's holding the Eldrazi ever breaks or weakens or anything. Yeah, and she kind of oversleeps for a while and the Eldrazi kind yeah. of start to leak out. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, crap, they're they're totally getting out. That's probably a problem i will send out the bat signal to soren and ugin and they'll totally come and help so she she sends out the cry and no one comes to help and so yeah yeah she says okay fine i'll see them back in myself and she does and then she kind of goes off looking for stuff but we'll come to that bit in a little yeah um, just just know that uh ugin and soren kind of wandered off and left nahiri on her own now in ugin's defense and i man am i am i jumping the timeline here mm-hmm. <laughs> in ugin's defense he was kind you of are i was gonna say yeah. yeah okay so we'll put that on hold they wandered off more on that in a minute yeah yeah so okay. soren goes home to innistrad to his own plane and uh, has a couple of revelations, and his revelations are, uh, one, there's some terrible stuff going on in the multiverse out there, and he should probably protect his home plane, and two, all of his relatives are idiots, and they're going to eat all the humans, so we should probably protect them from themselves, because if they eat yeah. all the humans, they're all gonna die. Well, in fairness, at this point, he's been, maybe not gone for a thousand years, but he, he's been, you know, vampires have existed for a thousand years on an Innistrad minimum. Yeah. And they, they haven't done it yet, so maybe he was overreacting. It's possible he was. But, <laughs> you know, he's he's got a father-knows-best attitude and decides, yeah. hey, I'm going to have to create some sort of way to protect Innistrad. And he comes up with, like, the greatest two-pronged plan ever. And by greatest, I mean, seriously, this was his plan. But here's his plan, okay? So on Innistrad, there there are all these evil werewolves, and there's vampires, and there's uh, zombies, uh, and there's ghosts, uh, and there's demons. And there are also angels, and there are humans. And so what if, what if we protect the humans with the angels? But apparently the angels that exist on Innistrad aren't good enough. So he decides to make his own. Now, remember, this is a pre-mending planeswalker. Pre-mending. So he's, he's got 
you know, phenomenal cosmic power to do whatever it is yeah. that he wants to do. If I, I could just give some other examples real quick. Uh, Karn made Mirrodin, pre-mending. Yes. Um, Sarah made Sarah's realm, pre-mending. Like, right. pre-mending planeswalkers yeah. could, could make entire planes, so the reality is this isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, although... And, and like, some unknown, some unknown dead dragon planeswalker made the plane that would eventually become Phyrexia. Yeah. So he creates the angel Avacyn, and uh, Avacyn apparently fills a hole left by another angel that was killed that we don't really know anything about. We just no, Avacyn, Avacyn hunts down that angel and kills her. Oh, oh, oh that's even better. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have um, uh, Bruna is is white is the white blue angel. Gisela is white red. Sigarda is white green. There was a white black aligned angel um that was another one of the sisters before avison existed and eventually avison you know couldn't stand any longer that the angel and that other angel and her flight would you know cavort with demons and witches and whatnot and they got hunted down and exterminated oh well there you go a zero yeah. tolerance policy totally works <laughs> i mean not really but still okay great so now now avison's in charge uh, and we do still have the uh, the other Powerpuff Girls there, uh, so Bruna, Gisela, and Sigarda. Uh, and Soren goes, well, I've got this angel, and she's pretty badass, but you can't really kill the demons. They'll just come back again if you destroy their forms, so what if instead we lock them somewhere? Heck, it worked so great for the Eldrazi, let's, let's build a prison. And so he builds the Hell Vault. And the Hell Vault, in theory, is a shard of the moon made of pure silver, because uh, why not? Yeah, why wouldn't it be? That's totally how, that's totally how astronomy works. Uh, and so they build the Hell Vault and Avacyn, and it is this two-pronged defense system for Innistrad. Yeah, and it's kind of worth adding in here that he did learn how to do this a little bit through Nahiri, you know. Yeah. His interactions with Nahiri is how... You know, they use the Hedrons to trap the Eldrazi into Zindikar. Somehow he's able to convert that into using this Shard of the Moon to trap the demons. Yeah. So what uh, what Avacyn is doing is going around uh, busting up all the baddies. And when there's a big bad demon, she'll just trap it in the Hell Vault and uh, call it good. Nothing could ever go wrong with that. Ever. Yeah. E- except th- when, it, when it might. So, meanwhile... Back on Zendikar. This is when Nahiri's waking up and going, oh, crap, the uh, the Eldrazi seem to be oozing out a little bit around the edges. And uh, she, tr- she, like I said, she pushes him back in, and then she's like, well, crap, why did no one answer my phone call? And so she decides to go looking for why no one answered the phone call, and she shows up on Innistrad. And this is, when she shows up on Innistrad, this is essentially like right after uh Soren had made the Hell Vault and made Avison. So even though he is a pre-mending planeswalker, his power is not infinite, it's just near infinite, and so he's like <laughs> real tired. He needs a nap. Yeah. And uh Nahiri, who uh, was a fine, interesting, fleshed out character up until this point in the storyline, uh <laughs> suddenly goes all words I can't describe on this podcast because I'd have to edit them out. Basically, She's crazy. Yeah, I wasn't even going to bring it up, but like, 
her motive here is a little weak. Yeah, a uh, little weak? I so, mean, she, so goes, what? she goes from what almost a three-dimensional character to she's just a crazy mad woman. Yeah, so let, well, let's talk a little bit. So why didn't Soren answer the call? And that's because Avacyn, the creation of Avacyn, uh, it also protects Innistrad itself, the plane, from extraplanar threats. So when Nahiri sent the message, it didn't come through. Uh, so Soren never heard it. You know, the classic excuse you use with your wife. Oh, I didn't get the text. Yeah, that's right. My my phone didn't yeah. ring. It's yeah, not, my phone didn't ring. It's not that I was ignoring you. It's totally yeah. that my phone. So, yeah, Soren <clears throat> was kind of a jerk to Nahiri because he's just like, well, whatever. I got my own problems anyway, so I don't care. But yeah, still. In her defense, and I don't want to come to her defense much because I think she totally yeah. overreacted. Soren was a total jerk when she showed up. And she's like, yep. why didn't yes. you answer the phone? And he's like. You, you see this entire plane? I'm taking care of this entire plane, and I just made some stuff. I'm, like, real tired. Could you stop yelling? <laughs> yeah. And, so. and, then when, and then when they get to the point about, oh, yeah, the protective wards must have shielded me from the signal. He's like, huh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Say like, what? <laughs> yeah, that, so, was, yeah. that was not what she wanted to hear. Uh-huh. No. He's like, huh, yeah, I guess that would happen, maybe. <laughs> and at that point, she'd had enough of him continuing to talk down to her after thousands of years and yeah that was the big thing that started the physical fight between them yep yep sure did and that fight was uh overall not going well for soren because uh well again he was real tired from uh from the fighting uh so he uh basically he calls for help he he taps out he heads over to the edge of the ring and calls in his tag team partner which is avison and uh he even calls her the other half yeah yeah and so hey what what do you do when there's a you know crazy powerful being right next to the hell vault that you can't quite defeat yeah Yeah, you basically it's not easy to kill a planeswalker back then so so they just cram her in the hell vault why not yeah yeah Yeah, sure yeah it'll be fine nothing can go wrong that's right nothing there there can be no problem here All the demons and all and Nahiri go into the containment unit. No one from the EPA is going to ask us to shut it off. That's right. Walter Peck will never show up. <laughs> it will be fine. Uh, it's going to be fine. Yeah. So a sad part from that story is uh, after some amount of time, Nahiri's like, "Okay, Soren, you can let me out," and he never lets her out. Nope. So, so while I can say she, I feel like she overreacted a bit to get to lead to the fight that led to this. Yeah, I think anything she does after this is completely justified. So, yeah, and from a storyline presentation standpoint, we don't we don't find out that this is what happened to her until really late in the story. Yeah, yeah. she's already just wreaking havoc on Innistrad in quote yeah. unquote present day, and you're like, man, she is like really just mean. I don't know why. And then finally, you get yeah. to this story, and you're like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. She's actually she one was, of the first in the Hell Vault. <laughs> like, she was stuck in there literally for a thousand years. Yeah, um, and it much was much more than a thousand. It was highly unpleasant in there because it's 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 dark and you can't move and you can't see and there are demons brushing up against you the whole time and yep. uh, time is passing but you can't quite tell how much you're sort of conscious of the passing of time. It's got to be maddening, honestly. The the fact that she comes out insane actually does not surprise me. No, nope. Yeah. So she really, had enough time. She had enough time to like rebuild Zendikar, like rock for rock in her mind. Almost, oh, she yeah. was almost done when she got busted out. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, that's how much time she had in there. So, so yeah, let's, let's. So we jump forward 
thousands of years now. We jump forward past the mending. Uh, yeah, we jump forward the mending to... totally happened while she was in there, which is yeah. how she survived. And it uh, it affected her, but she doesn't realize it until she gets out. But um, so much, much, much later, um, we have Grizzlebrand and Avacyn fighting at the Hell Vault. So at this point, the Hell Vault's like full of demons. You know, Avacyn's been doing her job for, once again, thousands of years. Um, but in this fight, Avacyn um, was trying to put Grizzlebrand into the Hell Vault when Grizzlebrand speared Avacyn and forced them both in two. And so what we end up seeing on Innistrad is Avacyn's magic immediately weakening and uh you know people's you know, with the cathars or whatever their magic stops working as well and 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 the um the uh higher up so Micaeus the lunarch uh decides to keep this a secret and just be like yeah <laughs> yeah so this is this is essentially where we pick up the story in the original Innistrad this, this right. is where something's wrong Avison's missing her influence is waning the evil is starting to gain a foothold again and it all happened because Avison is stuck in the hell vault but at the time we didn't know that and there were like two people on the entire plane who actually knew one of them was Micaeus and one of them was a guy whose name I don't remember but he dies later anyway so don't worry about it <laughs> uh they're like two people who know, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, Micaeus and like one or two of the other bishops. Yeah, and they're and they're covering it up. Yeah, because you don't really want to say, you know, hey, uh, we're we're the the leaders of the church, and uh, Avison is totally with us, except she's actually stuck in the secret prison that we keep demons yeah. in that you guys don't know about. So that's <laughs> totally why the wards are failing and uh, why the werewolves are able to. You know what? Forget it. Forget yeah. I said anything. <laughs> Everything is so fine. We kinda, so we kind of lost God. We're not sure yeah. where yeah. he went. Yeah. I don't know. God it'll, is it'll accidentally in the secret prison. Yes. Also, yeah. we have a secret prison full of demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what we start diving into, the actual Innistrad. And uh, so what we saw happen, um, with Soren at least, is, you know, he ended up on Zendikar with Nyssa and, you know, the second worst novel in the whole series and um they're trying to stop the eldrazi but then nissa releases the eldrazi and <laughs> soren's like i don't all right yep, you that... did it see you later you you made your bed i'm leaving yep um so then he returns to innistrad and he's like uh what happened here why is everything going to crap <laughs> Yeah, so basically, everything's fine. Soren goes over to Zendikar, and it's like, holy crap, who set all of this on fire? That's it, I'm yeah. going home. And he goes home, and he's like, what did you do here? Come on! I was gone, like, and, five minutes. And then, so we can sell a dual deck. Um, while Soren's looking for Avacyn, he runs into Tybalt, and they get into a fight. And that's basically all you'll ever hear about Tybalt. Yep, that's probably all you need to know. He's a snappy yeah. dresser with a terrible, terrible card. <laughs> yeah. I, I was really hoping for another Tibble. I know they're in the, like the Kamigawa situation where even if people like Kamigawa, the setting they can't do it because the set wasn't good. So mm -hmm. it's the same thing with Tybalt. Like they can't make another Tybalt because, eh, oh well. <laughs> yeah, Tybalt wasn't created to be a character. He was created no. to see whether or not they could develop a two mana planeswalker, the and they is, could. Yes, you can. But but yeah. it sucks. You may not like it. Yeah. And by may not, I mean you won't. Okay, so. Meanwhile, while Soren's going, why is everything broken and who took my angel? Uh, somebody else comes knocking on Innistrad, and that is Liliana, who up until now was not mentioned in this plot line, but we have to bring her up now. Uh, here's the like 30 second synopsis of everything you need to know about Liliana. 
also a premending planeswalker, made a bunch of deals with some demons to essentially make her powerful and young forever, which is how she's still not dead, even though she's just a human planeswalker now, after the mending. Mm -hmm. Uh, But real pissed about that whole Owen favors to demons thing and decided, you know what? Uh, Screw this. I'm going to go get power elsewhere and found the chain veil, did some horrible things to Garuk, but we're not going to talk about that right now because no one cares about Garuk anymore, apparently. Uh, and get your hands. Yeah, I know. I've been trying to go Garuk because they say that that's what it is. But it's, No, they it's, say it's Garuk. I thought they said it was Garuk because I've no, always said Garuk and I thought I was wrong. No, like official sources say Garuk, but they are incorrect. Oh, okay. No, they say Garuk. All right. It's totally Garuk. You guys carry on, but they say Garuk. Yeah. Well, anyway, she gets a hold of a, an artifact called uh, the Chain Veil. That's probably a whole another story for another time. All you need to know for right now is that it gives her a huge amount of power, but it's also horribly cursed and maybe killing everything. Anyway, that gives her the power to kill the demons that she owes her soul to. And she's already killed one, and there are a total of four or five that she owes. Four. Is it four? Okay, she's killed one. She's got to go find the next one. The next one on the list is Grizzlebrand. She totally knows that he's on Innistrad, so she heads there to try and find Grizzlebrand and uh, stands around for a little while going, where's Poochie? And uh, finds out that he is, in fact, in in the Hell Vault. So now she is left with a problem. She needs to figure out how to break the Hell Vault open to get Grizzlebrand out so that she can kill him. Because it's not good enough for her that it's uh, that he's trapped in there. She actually needs him, like, proper dead. Like, like tear him asunder, proper dead. Yep. And, and so this brings us to, believe it or not, Thalia. Let's actually talk about Thalia for a second, because uh, Thalia is going to be uh, important for, like, this one time. She's a really interesting character who could have a great backstory and, and be really interesting, but no, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, the... The problem is you, you have a human character in a world where you focus on planeswalkers, so... Yeah. Like, I, you just can't do that much. So, the the heads of the Church of Avacyn all get killed. The ones who know that the Hell Vault is a prison, and know that the Avacyn is in the Hell Vault, they're, they're all dead. And everything now falls on, essentially, Thalia's shoulders. She knows... That her entire job in life is to protect the Hell Vault and not let evil get a hold of it. But she doesn't know why. She doesn't know what it's for, she doesn't know what it does, and she certainly doesn't know that Avacyn is inside. And then Liliana shows up with hordes of undead and attacks. And her hordes of undead are uh, attacking all of the other Cathars that, uh, that Thalia's in charge of. And uh, Liliana, being so terribly, terribly powerful... Uh, essentially puts a curse on all of the Cathars so they can't move, and says to the zombies, uh, go snack. It's fine. You want to eat brains? There are some brains. Enjoy. And so they're just chomping on all of Thalia's friends. And then, in what is a, a flavor win, an absolute flavor <laughs> win, Liliana uses Liliana of the Veil's ultimate ability and basically separates everything Thalia has into two piles and says, okay, You've got all your friends in one pile, and you've got the Hell Vault in the other. Pick one. And Thalia, since she doesn't really know the stakes, uh, she chooses her friends and uh, says, okay, fine, the, the, the Hell Vault's all yours, you can, you can blow that up. 
And in fact, the Hell Vault gets blown up, and when it does, all the demons get freed. But also, Avison gets Yay! So, hooray! Uh, it's time for the anyone else in the block. Uh, well, Grizzlebrand. Anyone else? Oh, Nahiri. Nahiri. Nahiri gets out, although, back in the original Innistrad block, no mention is made of this. In fact, at that time, well, we don't even know who the hell Nahiri is. Nope, but in fairness, she leaves almost immediately. Yeah, she pops out, and she's like, oh, it's much better out here. Wait, I feel kind of weird. That's it, I'm going yeah. home. Yep. And so she, she peace out, heads back to Zendikar uh, immediately, and... That doesn't go well. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but Liliana goes ahead and just kills the crap out of Grizzlebrand because, like, yeah, like it ain't no thing. I think is the best yeah. way to describe it. So, yeah, she had no effort killing Grizzlebrand. It was like an afterthought. Oh, she and I guess so she I does have the chain veil, but still, like Avison is like a pre-mending being. I mean, and if if I could pause here, this is another good illustration of Watsy doing what I'm going to describe as as questionable things from a storyline perspective they create a really interesting character like grizzlebrand he's a legendary creature he's powerful he looks cool he looks mean and menacing and then right after they create the card they just kill him off like here look at this cool thing we're just gonna burn it you'll never see another one of those again he's dead enjoy <laughs> we didn't get a cothafed card until after he was dead yeah <laughs> yeah Okay, uh, but anyway, Avison is now out, and uh, all is well again. Everything is fine. Innistrad will be perfect forever because Innistrad, because Avison is back, and her influence Yay. is going to fix everything. It, ev- everything. I mean it for yep. all times. So, and as mentioned, Nahiri immediately <laughs> leaves, and she's like, she goes back to Zendikar, and uh, she sees that the Eldrazi have gotten out while she's been gone, and they have been destroying everything. And she's mad. Oh boy, is she mad. She, Crazy. Yeah. Mad. She doesn't even know that Soren was there and just kind of left when it happened too. Like she doesn't even know that part. Yeah, not not yeah, at she, all. She uh well, she knows she knows that she went to tell him face to face that something was wrong. Yeah. And still she comes back and everything is ruined. Right. And uh, she doesn't interact with the Gatewatch at this point, because, I mean, at, right about this time is when the Gatewatch is happening on, on Zendikar. She basically gets to Zendikar, and she's like, holy crap, there are Eldrazi everywhere. Well, that's it. Zendikar's screwed. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to go blow up Innistrad. <laughs> and off she goes. So now that Avacyn is free, uh, she's going to save everything. And one thing she does is something called the Curse Mute. Uh, for some reason, Avacyn is unable to cure werewolves. Also, for some reason, Avison never did this before she was locked away. But <laughs> she, so being okay. unable to cure them, she does something called the curse mute, which merges their like wild side and their human side into something called the wolf ear. Don't get too attached to the wolf ear because we never mention them again. That's we don't see right. one single one in Eldritch Moon. And we don't answer like, who do they fight for? Are they fighting for Avison? Are they fighting for humans? I guess... Maybe. They are allied with humans and Avacyn. Yeah, I'm going to make an argument about the curse mute later. Remind me to bring it. Okay. No, well, I'm saying in Eldritch Moon, when things, you know, when Avacyn goes nuts. Oh, yeah, they're nowhere. Who are they fighting I, I, for? Again, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Um, Garrick also was randomly on Innistrad. Well, it's not random. He was chasing down Liliana because he's mad at her. Yeah. Uh, he was briefly affected by the curse mute, but it didn't really affect him much further. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, it is Garrick. I post. I posted. Well, Mark Rosewater says it's Garrick. Who knows? Well, he's so, never said anything wrong. No, never. 
So, yeah, I didn't take. And, uh, yeah, everything was supposed to be happy ever after. Yeah, it's totally Garrick, according to Mark Rosewater. Thank you, Mark Rosewater. I appreciate it. Now, about all of that other stuff you did, including poison and infect, you... Well, you didn't do poison. <sighs> okay, where were we? Because I don't want to think about infect, right? Right. Hell hath no fury. Right. So we've got Nahiri, <laughs> who is totally pissed and heads... She trucks... Okay, so basically the way things happen, Nahiri woke up from being trapped in stone, saw that the Eldrazi were there, fought them back... Jumped to Innistrad, said, what the hell, man? Got shoved into the hell vault, stuck there for a long time, pops out, immediately goes back to Zendikar, sees that it's totally screwed up, pops right back to Innistrad, and uh, goes, you know what? That That's it. All of this, and I do mean all of this, it's all coming down. We're going we're gonna to destroy all of it. And she heads off to uh, Markov Manor. And uh, basically wipes out the entire Markov bloodline. Now, the joke's kind of on her here, because Sorin has been disowned by the Markovs, because they know that <laughs> Sorin created Avacyn, and they're like, you're totally a traitor to our kind. How dare you, sir? And so they've, they've disowned him. But she doesn't know that. So she goes to, to mess up his house. And when I say mess up his house, I mean that literally. Actually mess up his house. Like Markov managed, oh, yeah. she like splits it apart and shoves vampires into walls and things it's it's pretty yeah. actually it's actually creepy as hell yeah she's bad yeah and uh at this point we find out that all of the residents of innistrad are starting to act real weird like like crazy weird like there's a cult like more than usual yeah like way more than like you thought things were weird before now they're real weird Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody is making all of these, uh, these weird, God, what do they actually call them? The, uh, cryptoliths. The cryptoliths. Cryptoliths, yes. yeah. Uh, that are somehow funneling the mana of Innistrad through the ley lines for some unknown purpose that we totally did not telegraph at all. Like a hundred percent. It's <laughs> totally going to be a surprise, you guys. Yeah. We swear. I did so much sticking my fingers in my ears and saying la 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 during all that time. I just, I was not ready to accept what was going on. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not spoiling anything. We can say what happened, right? Yeah, I think we can. She's, she's trying to draw Imrakul to the plane is why she's doing this. And, but I remember I read, you know, I hadn't read any of the stories at at this point when all this was happening. And uh, I was like, no, it's not going to be Imrakul. That's stupid. But when you read actually the very first story, where they talk about Avacyn starting to go crazy, they're pretty clear it's Imrakul. <laughs> Even yeah. at that point, they they say she's yeah. like flashes of hedrons or something. It's like, oh. Yeah, I kept trying to pretend that that wasn't what was happening. It yeah, was, yeah. Uh, but apparently Nahiri realizes fairly early on that uh, the big flaw in this plan is that there's no way that Emrakul can get in as long as uh, Avacyn is alive. Mm-hmm. And Nahiri's like, I can't, I can't take out avison myself so i have a cunning plan i'll make her go crazy and start killing everything and that's pretty much what happened she drives her influence on the plane drives avison insane yep yeah and either one of two things will happen one avison will kill everybody and the hero still wins or <laughs> two soren himself will have to do something about it yeah, and so yep. that's 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 the scheme. And if it seems really obtuse as far as schemes go, it is, but that's fine. She was stuck in the hell vault for thousands of years. She's not exactly stable. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Avison going insane, uh, she also 
drove Gisela and Bruna insane as well. And their angel flights. So yeah. angels no longer become something you can trust on Innistrad. Um, and then Sigarda is okay. She doesn't go along with this. She's like, you're acting weird, all of you. And so she doesn't go along with it. Um, I don't feel like they mention if her flight is affected or not. I'm going to assume no. Yeah, I'm going to assume no, but I don't know. it's yeah. not clear. Yeah, I don't think they ever actually mention. Um, but I'm just going to assume any. But they never talk about her flight fighting back either. So it's kind of weird. Just her. Yeah, maybe they're just laying low. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I haven't killed them all. I don't know. Hey, but you know who we haven't talked about yet? No, who? Jace. We've gone what? all this time. We've we've recorded for like 45 minutes without talking about Jace at all. Wow. And that... Although, in fairness, he did release the Eldrazi on yeah, yeah, I guess we, we just skipped over it. Um, yeah, there's a mystery, and only one person in all the multiverse can solve a mystery. Is it Dak Faden? <laughs> no, it's it's Jace. Yeah, it's totally... It's never Dak <laughs> Not Tamiyo, not Ugin. You know? Batman. Nope. 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 It's gotta be Jace. Only Jace. When Tomio had basically already figured it out. Yep. But <laughs> wasn't telling anybody because Jace hadn't showed up and put on a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jace shows up and puts on a trench coat. Can I yeah, can I be honest? I don't I don't usually jump on the Jace hate. Yeah. But this one was one too far for me. I was yeah. just like, why? Why? Well, okay, let's talk about why they say he showed up. They say he showed up because we as we talked about earlier, Ugin was like, hey, you're really dumb, and I'm being a lot nicer to you than Soren would have been. So Jace is like, well, let me go find Soren then, I guess to compare and contrast. <laughs> and also ask Soren to join the Gatewatch. But it's like, Ugin just told you that Soren's going to be madder than I am about this. Why would Soren get join the Gatewatch? But Yeah, I feel like what it really came down to is that uh, Jace had gotten out the roster of members of the Gatewatch and he's checking yeah. he's checking off mana colors and he's like right. black. We don't we don't have anybody for black mana. Yeah. There's Obnixilus just, wouldn't join. Yeah, there's no way <laughs> that we're going for Obnixilus. And uh Liliana's kind of my ex girlfriend, so that would be really awkward. So let's just go talk to Soren instead. And so... yeah, was he going? Wait, I thought he was going to Innistrad to try to talk to Liliana. Was he? Nah, That's he what was I thought. Originally, he's originally going to talk to Soren because really? of what Ugin said to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Jace ends up on Innistrad. And now yeah, there's a so, mystery of. Yeah, so that's where that's where we get into my complaint. It's just like you can have a mystery and you can have other characters solve it. You know what? Even Chandra can solve a mystery. I mean, that's right. You know, Jace had to solve what's up with uh, the Eldrazi on Zindikar. What's up with the Dragon's Maze? You know, what's? It's just like okay, all right. He doesn't need to solve every mystery. You know, I they could have easily just made Tomio the main focus of this. Yeah. Besides which, isn't he actually the Guild Pack? Doesn't he have a job? I know. You'd think he would need to be back there, but he left uh, that one girl in charge, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's Jace logic right there. I guess it's fine. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look into this. So Jace yeah. shows up on Innistrad. He's now looking into the mystery because everybody is acting like crazy weird. And yeah. he goes, hey, you know who I could go talk to? I could go talk to Liliana, because that always goes well. Yeah. Like, always. But, once again, not to ask her to join the Gatewatch, to ask her where Soren is so he can ask him to join the Gatewatch. Yeah. Because he's like, ah, because Jace is the stand-in for us, and we don't know what to do. 
and with as, ex-girlfriends. As I recall, Liliana's basic response is, uh, yeah, I don't know or care where Soren is. Get the hell out. Says that Markov Manor is dangerous and he shouldn't go there. Yeah. So So what does he do? Next, <laughs> he goes to Markov Manor. Yeah, don't don't go in the basement. I'm going to the but basement. But also, Liliana's presence here is kind of weird because she was definitely in Ravnica like a month earlier. Because when Gideon was forming the Gatewatch, he went to Jace and Liliana was there and she said no. Yeah. And now she's on Innistrad in her own house. But we can we can assume maybe she got that house earlier. But it's I don't know. Yeah, she yeah probably... there's some kind of weird there's some kind of mad science experiment she tries later to get free of the chain veil, but it doesn't work. Yeah. That yeah. Totally does. Yep. So in Markov Manor, he finds Tamio's journal because she had given it to some guy, and that guy had come to Markov Manor and then gotten encased in stone. Once again, not. 100% clear why. I can't remember. Uh, I don't, I, because I don't feel like her motivation was trying to warn Soren or anything. I don't think she had any interaction with Soren. Yeah, Tamio's got this. Okay, so I, I guess we should bring up Tamio at this point, because uh, she, mm-hmm. she was in the original Innistrad studying the moon, which is yeah, totally She didn't even silver, have a story. But she's totally studying the moon and making a card that is totally OP in control decks. So. That was her function, and that's fine, I guess. But uh, she is now kind of lurking in the background, and she's taken on the role of the the wise mentor who never actually tells you what's going on, but knows <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Like, she totally knows exactly what's going on. And she's like, oh, hi, Jace. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what's going on. Well, he hasn't found Jace. She hasn't but found Tommyo yet. But it's just her journal. Monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Her 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 whole mission is to is to research and record stories about the things that she sees, not get involved. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so Jace is affected by uh you know whatever is making people go a little crazy on Innistrad. It doesn't seem to affect everyone, but it's affecting Jace. For example, it doesn't affect Thalia. It doesn't seem like. Uh, well, not until it gets really bad later. Um. But Jace is starting to go kind of crazy. Maybe just being in um, Markov Manor caused it. And uh, he, he discovers that the through the journal that all these ley lines are being relocated to a certain spot near the Nefalia Drown Yard. And then the journal mentions that the ley lines are there to relocate a large celestial magical object, also known as an Eldritch Moon, if you will. Yep. Oh! Which, of course, we know <laughs> is immortal. That was cool noise. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Um, Jace, uh, with his touch of madness at this point, thinks that Liliana is behind this because he thinks Liliana is trying to destroy the chain veil or get separated from it. Um, for those people who may not remember, because we, we've talked about Liliana before, she literally can't let go of it. Like, she can't just leave it somewhere and walk away. Every time she tries, she just doesn't. So yeah, she's trying the, to get rid of it. It's like the one ring, only it's a chain veil. Yeah. Yeah. So this causes a... Uh, dual decks jace versus liliana fight and turns out she wasn't behind any of this and also liliana nearly kills jace because she's ain't got time for that and she's like hundreds of years older than jace and has the chain veil. and has the chain veil. that too that too yeah it's like <laughs> but i think a, she refrains from using it in that fight it was a dual deck jace versus liliana no i'm just saying they're setting up oh, okay. the, the ability to have one <laughs> sitting here like crap i thought i got all of those <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Um, when did they release that? Was that like- <laughs> no, 
in the notes, as you know, I called it the Avenger style hero versus hero fight because you always have to have a reason for the heroes to fight each other. That's right. Uh, at least once. So uh, ultimately, you know, there's you know, there's a lot more story there, but ultimately, Jace finds Tamio, uh, and then Tamio cures him of his madness and teaches him how to ward it off. Uh, then they decide together that they have to stop Avison, and uh, they go to fight Avison, and they almost lose, but something happens. But before we talk about that. I want to talk about Tamio just very briefly because it's going to matter here in a minute. Is sure. um, the way her magic works apparently is it's like uh, like said he she she writes stories and somehow her magic is linked to stories from other people and like these stories can cause effects to happen. Um, some of it is just for nostalgia. Like she has a story of Sarah's realm, which makes little to no sense how she ever could have interacted with a survivor from Sarah's realm, but. She did, and um, she has stories. You know, she has stories from a bunch of planes, but they're always planes that we've already visited or know about somehow and not random planes. And by reading these stories, that's how her magic seems to work. So, And she totally has this one scroll that she won't use. It's right there. She'll never use. We're going to point at it, but she can't use it. Yeah, we're going to mention it. Be very clear that she'll never use that scroll. Yes, she has made a solemn Um, promise. Now, in fairness, in fairness... At this fight, they are literally about to die to Avacyn. And Jace is like, if you use that scroll, we will win. And she's like, nope. Sorry. <laughs> I think she said <laughs> something like, all stories have an end, which is very Auron from Final Fantasy X. And I yeah. I was so hoping they would they would actually have the guts to kill Jace at this point. But no. Oh, man. <laughs> they, they didn't. All right. So what happened? So who should show up to save the day? Soren. Soren shows up. Oh, good. So, hey, everything will be fine now. Uh, Soren had been off rallying the troops. Uh, and when I say the troops, I mean the vampires. And when I say the vampires, I mean specifically the Voldaren vampires. Because, you know, all the Markov ones are dead. Because they're, yeah. st- they're stuck in walls. So he goes to see Olivia Voldaren and he's like, Hey, uh, we're, all, we're all vampires. It's... It's all cool. The world's ending, by the way. Uh, you want to come? You want to come help out with that? And uh, she's like, "Eh, okay, I, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Sounds like fun. It, but let's let's do it." And well, uh, so she she rides off into battle with. Uh, well, he has to agree to something, or he has to tell her that he's trying to kill Avison too. Yeah. It's not just like ah, I guess I'll do it. So the interesting thing about Olivia to me here and. Uh, you know, the way I was reading this was uh, that she knew Edgar Markov. And so we don't know, like, what happened to Edgar Markov. We have no idea if he died. So, you know, it, it, it could be that she met Edgar Markov 15 years ago. But the way I was reading it was implying to me that she was actually one of the first vampires. Yeah, I think the way it is is that the the progenitors of the of the big families, it's Edgar mm-hmm. Markov, Olivia Voldaren, uh, Andrzej Falkenrath, and Runo Stromkirk. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the heads of the big four families that were some of the original vampires when when Edgar started the whole thing. Yeah, so that's that's got me. I mean, she's really old, mm-hmm. really old. You, you, I th- I think I think yeah, she might just be an heir to the Voldaren. Yeah, no, but I, I I mean the way I the way it was implied to me was that it, or what I took from reading it was that she was one of the originals, mm-hmm. and they okay. might all be. Yeah, that that's the impression I get too. Yeah, so that's interesting. And I think for a long time everyone thought. Andre Falconrath was dead, but then he, she, I don't know. I, I can't tell from the pronouns that use in flavor text came back. <laughs> at some point. Yeah. 
So, all right. So Soren, super drama, drops through a window, fights Avison, saves Jason Tomio accidentally. He didn't really care, actually. Yeah, he, he really uh, didn't. He even went so far as to say something like, if you're, if you're, you know, if these two are in the way of you having a discussion with me, just go ahead and kill them, and then we'll talk. That's what he says. Yep. So I feel like <laughs> no, Jason's, no, talk first, talk first. Yeah, Jason's little. Maybe we can get this guy in the Gatewatch dreams. I feel like they were probably shattered there. <laughs> um, so he tries to reason with Avison, and uh, like Avison has something in place where she can't attack Soren if she's sane, but. She's crazy, and she sees Soren as the vampire that he is, and so it's her job to kill vampires, so she can attack Soren. And so, uh, long story short, he ultimately, he had to kill Avison. Yeah, he, he, unmade he her. unmakes Avison. He's, he's anguished yeah. about it. It's, he literally brought her into this world, and he can take her out. He certainly can, and certainly he's does. He's anguished about it. I get it. I get it. I get what you're doing. <laughs> But, of Which, course, that was Nahiri's yep. nefarious plan all along. Yep. Maybe that's why we do send Jace to solve mysteries, because Soren fell right for that one. Yep. And so now all of the uh, safeguards are gone. Uh, Innistrad is basically wide open to Emrakul, who's been lurking just outside of the plane, to come on in and uh, wreak havoc. And she does. Yeah. And, uh, yes, yeah, things start bursting out of things other things start turning into single things yeah things start fusing together yeah some cards flip over and the backsides make a giant card and <laughs> it's real things get weird like real weird yeah now it, I, i'd actually like to talk briefly about one of the stories in particular that happens around this time so i, I think <clears throat> it's a story just before this where all of the cultists are starting to go like real insane and everyone starts to say emra cool as part of every yeah. word that they're doing did you guys I, I assume you read that story yeah yeah yes. did did you find that idea it was one of those things that somebody's like yeah that'll be really creepy and then you read <laughs> it and you're like that's actually really lame like it's the, yeah the, I, 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 the idea was Emrakul interesting but the execution was not on point so Emrakul would not call herself Emrakul. Like, Emrakul wouldn't have a name. And if she yeah. did call herself Emrakul, unless we're saying she infested a bunch of people's minds and told them her name was Emrakul, but I don't think she'd have a name. I don't think she would either. So why would she make people say Emrakul, right? Like, I, I think that's just uh, what, you know, the Zendikar has called to be, her. There has to be some way that they identify themselves, and it makes a certain sequence of sounds that a mortal would understand as Emrakul. But the thing was, I, I think the way I said it... Um, when we talked about this in the Manipole, was that it's when you're writing this, you know, cosmic Lovecraftian horror, it's really easy to fall into the trap of overdoing it and just coming out sounding stupid. And Lovecraft himself fell into this trap constantly. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm a fan, and even I'll say that there's some of the stuff he's written is just, just dreck. But, um, and unfortunately, that story fell into the trap. I'm sitting here just rolling my eyes. I'm surprised it didn't <laughs> fall out of my head. It was just, it was just dumb. Yeah, I felt the same way about that story. It was like I I get that you're going for you know really creepy otherworldly eldritch horror, and you you kind of missed. It just seems cheesy. Yes. But anyway. Yep. So let's uh let's wrap up this part of it. Uh, so. Shortly after that, with Emrakul, you know, taking down uh, Innistrad, all the normal things Emrakul does, 
Uh, Nahiri and Sword meet at Markov Manor to fight. And big epic showdown. The big battle. And they do fight, and uh, they're pretty evenly matched now, but ultimately, Soren loses. And he. I wrote encased in stone here, but I think it's more accurate to say he was speared through with stone, all about to keep him in so much pain that he can never planeswalk. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, his ally Olivia's there. Oh, yeah. That, that'll totally get yeah. that. So N- Nahiri essentially uh, does defeat Soren at this point, but doesn't kill him. Nope. She, even though traps him. she could. She she traps yep. him instead because that's, you know, she was trapped. Now he's trapped. Yep. And she's like, hey, now that you're trapped, you see that thing off in the distance? That's totally Emrakul. Totally going to mess up your mm-hmm. whole plane. You get to watch that. I'll see you. And <laughs> she leaves. Yep. And then, uh, but yeah, luckily his his buddy Olivia's there. And uh, Olivia takes his sword and then says she's the new Lord of Innistrad and leaves him there. Yeah. Because... You shouldn't have allied with Olivia. That was a terrible idea. That was a terrible... T- There's no way that was going to go wrong. Oh, crap, that just went wrong. Yeah. All right, so... Meanwhile... Meanwhile, elsewhere... Uh, the Gatewatch has shown up, because, you know, it's kind of what they do. The the, the Jastus League, as they've been called. Uh, uh... <laughs> had, you, had you not heard that one yet? Yeah. I haven't heard that. It is totally yeah. the Jastus League. Uh, so... Uh, Gideon and Chandra and Nyssa, they all show up and, uh, everybody's like, Hey, uh, you know how in the previous plane, we kind of just channeled all the mana of the plane (laughs) through Chandra and she just burned everything to death. What if we do that again? Yeah. And, uh, Nyssa's like, you do know that they like screwed with all of the ley lines everywhere here. Like none of this stuff is working like it's supposed to. It's, it's like Jerry rigged all the hell. Yeah. Not only that, but the, the ley lines on Zendikar had been had been like rerouted specifically to trap Eldrazi. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the plan this was kind of already was... in place before they got there. <laughs> yeah. This one was rerouted to lure Eldrazi. It's yes. a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jace is like, eh, just hotwire it. It'll be fine. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they try and it's, it's not going well. And, uh, yeah, no. they're, they're the, about to be the overrun. Mana, the mana on Innistrad, the mana on Innistrad doesn't like Nissa as much. The ley lines start to get all grabby yeah, well, and stick. N- nobody like. Uh, so th- this <laughs> isn't going well, and they're about to be overrun by all of the eldritch horrors that were created when, uh, Emrakul's influence happened. But, who should show up to save the day? It's, it's not, it's not Tybalt. No, no, not, not Obnixilus. And if it had been Tybalt, uh, <laughs> wouldn't that have been awesome? I would have been so happy. Yeah. He's like, with our powers combined, Chandra, pew, pew. Nicol Bolas, no, that almost would have made sense, since Nicol Bolas is the one who set all of the plans to get the Eldrazi out in motion in the first place. <laughs> and then lost, you would and think then 100% lost interest in it. Maybe he would be involved in some way with the Eldrazi <laughs> someday, but that day is not today. No, instead, everyone's favorite uh, ex-girlfriend anti-hero Liliana shows up. And she's like, hey, uh, I have zombies. They can protect you guys from all of these horrors. How about that? Yeah, because it turns out that zombies can't be affected, can't be affected by Emrakul's madness or body warping influence. Yeah, because it turns out you kind of have to have a mind for that to happen. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. Yep. You have to have a mind and a living body. <laughs> that being said, Emrakul still does. So she uses the chain veil against Emrakul and she starts trying to fight Emrakul by herself. Which is dumb. Yeah, that's probably and, not a great idea, but she tries any god. Yeah, and as as the chain veil starts to take its toll on her and uh, she gets weaker, Ivercole actually does start to break through to some of the zombies and start controlling them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
It also upsets the Raven Man. Oh but yeah, I, I until he starts to actually matter, I don't mention him. Yeah, I don't Someday know why they brought matter. him back. That day is again yeah. not to. Uh, anyway, so. now that uh, now that we we're we're all on the ropes and everything's going to go all to hell and everyone's going to die, there is only one person in the entire multiverse who could possibly save us at this point, and it's, it's Jace. By it's di- through by, quite a bit of Deus Ex Machina. By, by digging deep, Jace is able to break out of his insanity in kind of a, a weird dream story, which yeah. is still better than the Emrakul story, but, but it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't my favorite. It was- it was very strange, and it's just like it basically results in in Jace being like, I had the solution within me the whole time, and I had locked it away so that Emrakul couldn't get to it. And it's just like, oh, okay, all right. So you always knew how to stop Emrakul. Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. I don't know. That's not the impression I got. I knew, you know, he had um, where he found where he found himself inside his mind was definitely some kind of safeguard kill switch he had set up before. To mm-hmm. save him from some kind of horrible psychic assault, but it did take all of his conversations with Emrakul and searching through his own mind to figure it out. But of course, I don't think it was. Of course, Jace had a safeguard in place because he's Jace. He's Jace, yeah. man. He's got everything yeah. under control. All right. So this is uh, this is the problem of telling the story through cards these days. Is <laughs> as everybody knows. Uh, the solution here is to trap Emrakul in the moon, because if the shard of the moon is the Hell Vault, then the entire moon must be enough to trap all of Emrakul. Yeah, why not? It's a Hell Vault too. Yep. In fact, let's call it Hell Vault Two. The this time it's personal. <laughs> yeah. Specifically for for Emrakul, you right there. Now yep. here's where things get like super Deus Ex Machina, because okay, we we brought the Gatewatch there because it's what they do. And we've learned the trick of trying to funnel mana, and uh, we've we've learned some things about trapping people back from what was going on on Zendikar. So how's about how's about if Nissa just uses her magics to try and make that moon into something? We'll just we'll just do that. And hey, you remember that scroll that Tamio has that she's totally never going to use ever? Seriously, I pinky swear she has to use that. But even that is not really enough. And you get these glimpses that, that Emra Cool's like, you know, something's not right. This it's it's not my time to do what I'm doing. I'm just gonna go ahead and let them seal me in the moon until it's time. So okay, yeah, fine, this works. I'll be in there. Ta da! You know, and it, it wasn't even really it wasn't really just a matter of Emrakul letting them win, because like Tamio's mysterious scroll wasn't originally part of the plan and later she tells jace that the spell that was cast from the scroll wasn't the spell that she wrote in it emrakul yeah. had changed it emrakul didn't emrakul made the gatewatch win and, and it's also worth mentioning yeah tamio emrakul was controlling tamio at that point that was not tamio's choice to cast that spell she would not have done it i don't think yeah she wouldn't have cast a spell because you get the impression from what she tells jace that it was some kind of world-ending board wipe spell yeah uh, but instead, Emrakul turned it into a spell that focused a bunch more energy to actually make their plan work. Yeah. So, so that's very mysterious. That's it. Everything is all tidy. Yep. Nothing else to talk about. Everything's all the loose ends. Totally. So tied up. nothing, nothing is resolved. Nope. 
so yeah, and then after that, Liliana joins the gate watch because magic players cannot handle it if you have something in four colors and not the fifth color. Yeah. So there she is. Although she's totally got her fingers crossed. Yeah. I, her reasoning is legitimately because she believes, you know, manipulating friends is a lot better to get what you want than just doing it by yourself. Yeah. So. <laughs> Basically, I can get these suckers to do something for me at some point. Yeah. Right. Which is one of the very few reasons a black hole lined planeswalker would ever yeah. join the gatewatch. <laughs> I, I think I think the reasoning is fine, um, <laughs> but yeah, and it is. All, it's also kind of a funny thing because first Gideon, of course, goes to Tamio and is like, "Hey, you want to join us?" And Tamio's like, "Oh no, you guys already have a blue line planeswalker, so yeah, I can't join." Or because she has to go do research, or she's upset about Emrakul controlling her. All yeah. these things. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Liliana joins Gatewatch. Ta-da! The Gatewatch is now complete, never to be torn asunder again. Nothing can stop them now, except I'm sure they're going to have to do something with the Phyrexians in about two sets. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to yeah, go I... two, maybe three sets tops. When you say sets, you mean blocks? Yeah, blocks. So, so not Kaladesh, yeah. but whatever comes after. The one after. Although, man, if they bring the Phyrexians to Kaladesh, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> Because I actually like Kaladesh, or at least the concept of it, because I think Chandra's awesome, because she's red and blows stuff up, and that's just fine by me. But there are a couple of things we should uh, discuss here. Some of the loose ends, because there are, there are a lot of them. Yeah, Okay. So, and some of the characters uh, we didn't discuss. Uh, Bruna and Gisela, they're totally, like, gone. And, like, don't even, don't even go looking for them, because they're fused into some horrible abomination that I'm hoping we killed. Yes, we did. I, but, I, yeah, Brazil got killed. But Sigarda is still around. And so I think that yeah. Sigarda is going to take on essentially the Avison role, but isn't as strong as Avison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Sigarda, I feel like, is the biggest missed opportunity in this plot. And uh, and while we're talking about this, I just want to say I, I really did enjoy the plot of this one up until Emrakul. And then with the Emrakul thing, I'm just going to be repeating what you said on a previous episode of Clues. It's just that I... I think the plot overall is fine is if we just weren't just coming off of Innistrad. Yeah. You know, it, it was way too us, soon. Yeah. And, uh, but otherwise like, you know, uh, Avison going crazy, you know, and everyone loved Avison and now Avison's killing them. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I think it would have been a much more interesting plot. And I think I've said this before, it would have been a much more interesting plot to explore the idea that Avison has gone crazy because of her time in the hell vault. And she's decided that the only way to protect the plane is to rule with an iron fist. And then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll go with the, the, the moral ramifications and, uh, the kind of deep philosophical questions that would go along with when is that sort of thing justified. But no, no, it's Emrakul. It also would have been okay, honestly, if we even had up to the point where Nahiri came back. Nahiri made Avison go crazy. Who knows how? And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, um, getting Emrakul involved again so quickly is is kind of an unattended was an unintended side effect of the switch over to the two set block structure. Right. Because with the way with the way Mark Rosewater and others tell it, um, Creative already had in mind that maybe for the next time they return to Innistrad, they do the cosmic horror thing, and it's because of Emrakul's influence. And while they were concepting out um, the battle for Zendikar block, that was before they really knew knew that they were going to do the two-set block structure. So they had planned, you know, okay, there will be an Olamog set, a Kozilek set, and an Emrakul set. Yeah. And then they changed the whole way they were going to start doing things. like, well, damn it. So they wanted to be able to 
get the Emrakul set in next to Kozlik and Olamog. So that influenced their decision to return to Anistrad. Yeah, I also just felt like it's it's just too soon to return. We just got off Syndicate. It was like, it was too soon, but they painted themselves soon. into a corner with the other yeah. teams. Now, I also think that there's there was a huge flavor win that they never drew attention to with Sigarda. And that I, is, Sigarda the card in Innistrad protected you from Emrakul's Annihilator trigger. <laughs> and Sigarda yes. the card in the Return to Innistrad protected you from Emrakul's Mindslaver effect because you had Hexproof. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she was always this counterbalance to Emrakul, and they like it, they did it, and I don't know that they did it on purpose or if it just happened accidentally, but it was it was kind of this. She was the the yin to Emrakul's yang, if you will. It was it was this, but again, we just we're not going to draw any attention to that whatsoever. It's just a thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but after the story where Sigarda confronted or was confronted by Bruna and Gisela, did she ever appear again in one no. of these stories? No. no. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, you mean when before they had merged? Yeah. Okay, so let me talk about Thalia for just a second because it's going to intersect there. Um, so Thalia has a couple of stories here, and it's but it's mostly about her. Uh, you know, she's considered a heretic of the church because she's like, uh, Avacyn's gone crazy, and I don't think we should go crazy too. And the church is like, no, we should go crazy too. Like we should be just like Avacyn. So <laughs> that's why she's a heretic, and she leaves. She she kind of forms. Yeah, the, the church hierarchy have been infiltrated by a bunch yeah. of yeah, Emrakul cultists and Scourge cultists. Yeah. So she leaves. She takes a few people with her. Uh, she ends up, uh, I don't know if possess is the right word, but she has the, the Geist of St. Traft inhabiting her. Um, yeah, possessed, sure. Yeah. He's not controlling her. He's just inhabiting her. So he kind of gives her superpowers. Um, at some point, uh, she also comes across Avacyn's spear after Avacyn is dead. And so a bit later, they're fighting for... Um, I don't remember the town because that's how important it was. Was it Thraven? Was it? It was. I don't think it was Thraven. She had left Thraven at that point. Was it Gavin? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. They're they're fighting for a town, and that's where Avacyn runs into. uh, Sorry, Thalia runs into. Hanware. Was it Hanware? Okay. No, Hanware is the one that turns into a giant. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And that's where Thalia runs into Brazella, and that is the next time we see Sigarda. Because, you know, Thalia's about to lose, but then Sigarda comes in and helps. Okay, and I forgot helps, that part. Yeah, helps fight Brazella. Um, and so this is where I feel like the real missed opportunity was, because where they go with that is they have Thalia using the guy's powers to, you know, take the spear and, and have Thalia fight um, Brazella and kill Brazella. But I feel like it should have been Sigarda. They should have Sigarda take the spear and really set those set that in motion. That Sigarda mm-hmm. is going to be the next Avacyn. Oh, it, um, it actually was Thraven. I just went and checked. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's where Emrakul was going, was Thraven. That's where all the other stuff we talked about was happening, too. But ultimately, it doesn't matter where it... Yeah, it, it kind of doesn't. <sighs> so, anyway. yeah, so that, I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I, I would have liked it if they'd gone a little bit more with Sigarda. Because I, like, I really like that there's a card in original that's like Avacyn's priest or something like that. And then, then in this one, it's Sigarda's priest or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that they had that there, and I wish they'd they'd gone a little deeper. So uh, you remember uh, earlier we were talking about the curse mute, Uh and I said I was totally going to come back to that? Oh, yes. So we got a planeswalker werewolf in in Arlen Cord. Wouldn't it have been awesome 
if the curse mute is what allowed Arlen Cord to not be a mindless werewolf. But no, they did not tie that into the storyline in any way, shape, or form. It's just that Arlen Cord uh, became a werewolf. Uh, it triggered her planeswalker spark. She went off and learned to not be ruled by her werewolf nature. Yeah. And then came back. And that's lame. Yep. And totally could have woven that into the previous story with the curse mute, but no. Yeah. And and you basically summarized all of Arlen Cord's story, too, which yep. is... Yeah, she's just this. I guess they really wanted to have their werewolf character, so here she is. And she's not important to the actual overall plot of this block in any way. Nope. She was fighting. She, you know, killed some things. She has like a pack of werewolves, but not a bit of it matters. Not any of it, you know. Uh, same with Geralt and Gisa, Jisa, Jisa, um, <laughs> whatever their names are. Uh, but they've never really mattered. They're just people that. For some reason, people have just really attached themselves to. So yeah, they're kind of they interesting get, and fun, but uh, in in the end, inconsequential. Mm-hmm. They get their own, you know, one story, which is kind of a sequel to their previous story. But you know, it's fine. But it has nothing to do with the main plot, not really. Uh, so I think we have some open plot lines here. Yeah, where what what's Nahiri up to? Uh, yeah, how's like, Innistrad going to survive now that it has no protector and the balance is all upset? Will Sigarda take mm-hmm. over? Is Soren yeah. dead? Not really. Can we fix him? Will the Gatewatch go and fix him? I'm going to say yeah, And all the, all, the horrible, all the horrible changes introduced by Emrakul aren't going to change back. They're, that's how things are now. Yeah. Yeah, like, Emrakul's still up there. I mean, yeah, you know, Emrakul there. being on Zendikar caused something to happen to Zendikar. Maybe Emrakul being on the moon could cause, you know, still cause people to go crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the monst- uh, the the behaviors of all the different monsters on Innistrad are already influenced by the moon and the changing series- seasons, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, we almost got to the point where there had to be an alliance between the humans and the vampires and the zombies and the werewolves to try and fight back against Emrakul, and maybe that would change things, but uh, that didn't really happen either. No. Yeah, I mean, it did. There was an alliance between Thalia and Olivia, but once again, it didn't matter, and it was very brief, and we don't we don't see the results of that alliance, so we don't see the end of that because the end of that is Soren getting trapped, and it's like okay. I feel I feel like all of this could be summed up as so much potential wasted. They just didn't capitalize on any of it. Yeah, these side stories that aren't about Jace are they just don't go anywhere. So <laughs> um, yeah, so there's Chain Veil. Uh, that's kind of a loose end still because it's like Lilian is here trying to do something with it and. She once again makes no progress on it. Like that plot has not been advanced since like Duels of the Planeswalkers 2013 or something. Like <laughs> I, I don't remember which one, but like they haven't touched that at all. Yeah. Um, you know, but Garrett, part of her motivation for joining the Gatewatch was to get some help with that. So yeah, hopefully we'll see something. Um, Garrick, we have no idea where Garrick is or what he's up to. Nope. Um, I think he's less outright crazy, but he's still hunting Planeswalkers for sport. Yeah. But yeah, I think the big one is, you know, where does Anishar go from here? Because we were told they have to have Avacyn or they go crazy and they don't have Avacyn and they don't have Sorn. So it seems to me like Olivia Voldard should be taken over. Yeah, pretty much. She's in charge yeah. now. And that's kind of where the storyline winds up with a bunch of loose threads and a yeah. big thing. Because Emrakul. Yep. Because Emrakul is not resolved either. Nope. So... Nope. 
So it's a good thing that they decided to go ahead and plow forward with uh, Emmercool <laughs> so that they could sew up all of those loose threads mm-hmm. instead of just <laughs> hanging. Because, like, the next time we come back to Innistrad, it can't be Emmercool again. You can't do that. Like, that would be so boring. So what? So you know what they're going to do? Emmercool. Yeah, like, what What? What do you do, right? Because you, you now have this thing literally hanging over everyone's heads. I don't know what you do. Um I put I put here in the notes so I do I do need to talk about so on the last Innistrad episode we had like wild speculation about what would happen in the next Innistrad set. Sure. And I don't remember one of you guys said that Avison would be the villain. Uh, that was probably and, and I thought that was really cool. But I was like, they'll never do that. It's just gonna be everyone has to fight some demons, like something lame. And I I gotta say I feel like they did much better than that. So I wanna take that back. Maybe I was recently suspended. Maybe I was bitter at the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah i mean i think i think like i said i wish it hadn't been emrakul but i do i did enjoy this story more than i've enjoyed some of the other stories in a while um you know i really I, I do like the nahiri aspect of it and it, it is logical that she would have tried to bring emrakul there but yeah i, I just wish she hadn't <laughs> i think they made nahiri a little too one-dimensional for much of this, uh, when you finally yeah. learn about her motivation in the Hell Vault, it starts to make some more sense, but it's never... The act that kicked this all off was unbelievable to me, yeah. Yes. I was just like, yeah. So. And there there you go. So, it could have been worse, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> I still think the choice to do the Emrakul storyline so soon was was a mistake, and... I think there are lots of places that they could have done better, but it's kind of coherent, if a little bit lazy. Yeah, I, I think they should have ignited uh, Thalia's spark when she was. Uh, oh, jeez, if they'd done that, I'd be so mad. Merged. Do you know that? Um, the Geist. Of so, Saint so you know when you play Duels of the Planeswalker and you see Garrick and he has that dude's mask on his side. Yeah. Yes. That character's name is Ronos. He is also from Innistrad. Really. Yeah, because I, I learned that in the re- research before this. Um, so it's like, he was a Cathar, actually. I forgot. There was a story about him, eventually. Huh. Um, it's like, how many Planeswalkers does Innistrad have? <laughs> like, it feels like it's just pumping them out, which is to say four. But still, that's a lot. Well, let's see. Uh, Soren, uh, uh, Tybalt, uh, Arlen Cord. Mm-hmm. And Bronos. Yeah, and Bronos. It was just proportionally more, you know, it's igniting life-changing trauma on Innistrad to be had. It is pretty you know traumatic. What? That that honestly might be a legitimate explanation. Actually, I, I kind of like that explanation because you're <laughs> you are much more likely to have a dramatic event on Innistrad than you are on. I mean, even Dominaria, right? Because there there has to be people who just grow old and died on Dominaria. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it feels like that doesn't happen on Innistrad. No, no, no there's not. So a lot I, of I like it. Just dying. Around. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, so any any other thoughts before we wrap this up here? We've gone a, a bit long for an episode of Random Discard, but that's okay, because there was, there was a lot of history to cover here, and I think we did a much better job than last time we talked about Innistrad. Yeah. I think. So uh, I guess we'll uh, get together and, and do this all again after, uh, after we head off to uh, Kaladesh. Kaladesh. And then we'll get to talk about a Planeswalker who actually matters... Chandra. It'll be great. Yeah. And I look forward to finding out more about that. She's just, we didn't want to follow up on Jaya Ballard. That's all she is to me. Yeah, I'll I'll be honest. Okay, I'm going to 100% honest with you here right now. Okay, I I kind of wish that we would have just had Jaya as our 
Red Planeswalker, that would have been just fine. Yeah. And Chandra, they just can't seem to figure out what they want her to be. Is she completely unthinking, blow everything up, or is she being responsible, or is she not, or... I don't know. I, I'm i worried that they're not going to do her justice either. What was it? Did, um, did Jaya basically found that monastery where Chandra yep. was living for a long time? Well, I don't yep. think that she founded it so much as the people that she met on the plane and uh, influenced, they founded it. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, it's not like yeah, it was her plan. It's like mm-hmm. there were these people who were like, hey... She she has she has things to teach us, even if she's not going to teach us. <laughs> yeah. Well, Where I want to go is Elspeth's home plane, because I still can't explain why it would be overrun by Phyrexians. It doesn't make sense. Uh, no. Where where I'd like to go is to get Elspeth back out of you know the underworld, because they totally teased that that would happen after they killed her off for absolutely no good reason. <laughs> There's another planeswalker who's going to be pretty mad once they get back up to the overworld. <laughs> yeah. Who's she going to be mad at? Helios? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then she's going to bring the Phyrexians to Theros. Oh, man. It's all happening. <laughs> uh, and then she Artifact and... enchantment creatures. <laughs> she and Nahiri are going to get together, and Elspeth will bring the Phyrexians, Nahiri will bring Emrakul, and they'll just screw up whatever plane they want to. Yeah. All right. It will be... <laughs> It'll be horrible. Okay, well, let's let's just plus, stick a fork. Plus one for your motion to Phyrexian. Let's, let's stick a fork in this one. Uh, well, gentlemen, I thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, why don't we go ahead and plug the various and sundry projects that you guys are involved in. Why don't you take it away, CJ? Uh, you can find me on JudgeCast at JudgeCast.com, where I don't get to talk about story stuff, but I do get to make Ghostbusters references. So and I'm glad we were here too, by the way. Yeah, we did. I did. I had to. I, I would have been disappointed had you not. Yeah. Yep. So all things JudgeCast, JudgeCast.com. And, yep. Uh, I, I mean, I can do the whole spiel, but yeah. JudgeCast.com is good enough. Yeah. I did, look, there's some links in the show notes that no one reads. Um, yeah. So check check those out. Uh, okay. How about uh, how about you, Mike? All right. I'm involved with The Mana Pool. You can find us at TheManaPool.com. That's where... Um, Chewy posts all our podcasts and uh, the various Hearthstone and Magic Duels and other type videos he does. Um, you can find his YouTube videos, youtube.com slash C slash The Manipool. Uh, you can tweet at us on Twitter at The Manipool. Well, you'll be tweeting at Chewy. He's really the only one who reads it. Um, and he will tweet back. Let's see. There's a Patreon page. I think the address is just something simple like patreon.com slash themanapool. Let's hope it is. If it isn't, you can go to themanapool.com and find the relevant links. Or you'll also find links to Facebook and another link to YouTube if the address I gave before didn't make sense and various other things. You can email us, dorks at themanapool.com, and we definitely will read your email, and we probably will fail to respond to your email because we kind of suck in that respect. And Don't, don't feel bad at all, second. Yeah. Not me, I'm caught up. <laughs> nice. Hey, I'm Bro, I'm caught up with, with the new address, but uh, not not with the old one. There's a bunch of emails that have come into the old email address over the years that yeah, we're never going to get to those. I'm sorry. We we suck at this. I'm going to blame Rich cuz he's not here. So, it's 100% Rich's fault for not answering any of the emails ever. Yeah. I got a real huh? juicy conspiracy question. 
Oh, real juicy. Oh yeah. I can share. It. I can give it to you guys. It can be your question instead. Uh, <laughs> sure. Do you want to talk about rules? Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, well, hold on. Let me let me let me give the wrap up. This will be the stay tuned <laughs> after the 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 closing music for for this discussion. It'll be the stinger. Okay. Uh, okay, so if you want to get a hold of us, there are ways to do that. You can find us on our website. It is randomdiscard.com. You can find us on the Twitters. We are at randomdiscard. You can email us. It is randomdiscardcast at gmail.com. If you want to hit me up, your easiest way to do that is on Twitter. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. And you can find Rich on the Twitter. He'd like it to be Soren Fanboy Winky Face, but it is not. It is instead Mind Mage. The A is a four. That is also in the show notes, just just like, uh, again, no one ever reads. Uh, but there it is. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you all next time. All right, so, uh, CJ, you've got questions. I probably don't have answers. Oh, man, this one's good. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's see if you give it a name. Yeah, this one's from Daniel, and he said, let's say I have Caller of the Untamed on the battlefield. So Caller of the Untamed is that guy, uh, Gal, actually, says, before you shuffle your deck to start the game, you may reveal this card from your deck and exile a creature card you drafted that isn't in your deck. And then X, tap, put a token on the battlefield that's a copy of a card you exiled with cards named color of the untamed x is a converted mana cost of that card mm. all right he says i use something like fiend hunter to exile my opponent's bear cub then i equip spy kit to fiend hunter and spy kit's that new card that gives a creature plus one plus one and has all names of non-legendary creature cards in addition to its name so he's asking can i use the color of the untamed to put out uh, a bear cub because the fiend hunter is a card named color of the untamed um i think huh. no <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, so I'm reading this ability. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of a card you exiled with cards named Caller of the Untamed. So it's referring to cards, and specifically those cards must have that name. I think yes, you can. See, the reason I think no, and to be honest, I haven't looked at the finer details of exactly what constitutes a linked ability lately. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's something about um, the color of the untamed abilities that makes them not technically linked. Mm-hmm. But if they are linked, then that won't then that won't work because the that activated ability is is only referring to instances of the ability that's linked to it. I think. But saying that out loud makes me think that those abilities aren't actually linked. <laughs> it would certainly be a unique linked ability since it it's linked across multiple cards, which has never yeah. happened before. Yeah. Um, so the answer is, in the rules for linked abilities, there is a handy-dandy new linked ability uh, that says, um, you know, if an object has stack ability printed on it that allows a player to exile one or more cards before you shuffle your deck to start the game, and an ability printed on it that refers to cards exiled with cards named this object's name, the second ability is linked to the first ability of any object's 
that had the specified name before the game began. Uh, okay, so <laughs> yes. they had to they had to actually wallpaper this one. Eh? Yeah, gotcha. Okay, yeah, good. So here's the most interesting thing about that to me, a judge, uh, is that if you clone the Call of the Untamed, the clone can also not put any creatures out because it doesn't have that linked ability. Wow. Uh, what's uh, what what's what's the rule number that uh, has this new linked ability? What what section is that in? Uh, it's at six oh seven dot two m. Because it didn't have that name when the game began. Yep, because it didn't have that name when the game began, and that's very unintuitive. And there is a clone in conspiracy. That... The clone was actually conspiracy. Wow, <laughs> that is a really subtle thing, and I'm betting that this gets done wrong. I'm not going to say all the time, but I'm going to say any time this comes up, it's probably done wrong. Yeah. Yeah, when I got sent this question, I was just like, well, I was pretty confident that the Fiend Hunter couldn't, um, the Fiend Hunter couldn't work, right? Because I was like, even though it is named it, you know, that looks like a linked ability, so it should act like a linked ability. And that's why I went and checked the linked abilities. But if you'd asked me if I'd cloned the caller, could it work? I would have said yes, but turns out the answer is no. Okay, great. And everyone who yeah. stayed tuned after uh, learned something. <laughs> yeah, about conspiracy. Ta-da! Cool.